Hey listeners, before we get to your show, this is a blast from your past. Were you hanging around in the 90s watching Nickelodeon before you got too old for it and started smoking weed and doing drugs? Well, then you should know us. This is Danny Tamborelli and... And this is Michael C. Morona. We're here to ask you to check out our podcast, The Adventures of Danny and Michael. And here's our on-air producer, Jeremy, to tell us what you'll be hearing. You can hear things like minisodes, full episodes, nostalgia dumps, interviews with some of today's hottest comedians. That's right, Jeremy. All of those things and more. So check us out. The Adventures of Danny and Mike on the Seltzer Kings Network. You're now listening to The Bradshaw Boys. A podcast where three relatively grown men binge the iconic HBO series Sex and the City. So dust off those DVDs and grab yourself a white wine or even a cosmopolitan and settle in. Take it away, boys. Welcome to the Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three guys watch their way through Sex in the City for the first time ever, mostly. I'm Corey Cavan. I'm Kevin James Doyle. My name is John Sieber. Today we have with us a fabulous guest. He's a writer, performer. He has a show and a podcast called The Luminaries. He's also lent his pen to places like Time Out New York, Vulture, Dazed. Uh, please welcome David Goldberg. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. You know, I was thinking today because I got into Sex in the City when I was 13. Wow. And I wow. was thinking about how my like ethos as of this year is that I'm going to be giving myself my childhood back. So I was thinking about, I was like, God, 13 year old me, if I could tell him that I'm being like invited to pontificate over sex in the city, <laughs> like imagine the power. It's incredible. So I'm, I'm quite delighted to be here. How did you come about with the idea of giving you your childhood back? What was that? Yeah. Uh, well, this is all, there's been a lot of psychedelics, but <laughs> when I quit my job, I quit my job in April okay. and I went on like a little vacation to see friends in LA and I got, I never take vacation. I'm always broke. I took like a huge swing, even buying the tickets, but I really needed a break. And I got like emotional on the, on the air tram to JFK. Cause I was like, wow, I'm like giving this to myself which I, I never give myself anything. And I felt this like inner sense of like a parent providing for a child in a way. That's amazing. Ooh. Wow. Thank you. I'm, I'm very excited too. Yeah. It's been great. So. I like that. I like that somehow getting invited to talk about sex in the city is also part of that because yes. it's like your, that was part of your childhood. And now you're like, Older you gets to talk back to younger you about it. And I think when you're a kid, you feel like no one listens to you or takes you seriously and you're right. invisible. So now I'm like, no, bitch, like, <laughs> let's do it. You know what I mean? Because I was committed to that show. In eighth grade, I asked for the book that they made, the like the Kiss and Tell collection, which was like an inside oh, the wow. show book. And then for my 16th birthday, I like gaslit all my friends into buying me the DVD box set. Yeah. <laughs> and it worked. How did you first get into it and like hear about it yeah. as a 13 year old? Like I know it's insane. I just know that I think they were so smart because everyone watched The Sopranos. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So if you were 13 in 2003, your parents were watching The Sopranos and I must have caught like the Sex and the City trailer or something. And then in my own time, got like went on and not went on. I'm, I'm talking, this was 2002, 2003. So when, when sex in the city was on, I would watch it yeah. on HBO. You had HBO, like you were, a, you were an HBO house growing up. Cause we've talked about yes. like, not all of us had, Yeah, we no, didn't have, we had cable, close. but we didn't, we, my parents never paid for HBO. We would sometimes get, you know how they would do those things where they would give you like three months free of showtime oh, yeah. or something like or that. Or like a free weekend I on Thanksgiving. I feel like they did a, bit, a yeah. poor job telling you though. Like you'd just be scrolling through the channels and all of a sudden it, it would like yeah. be there. I there know. was really no way to tell anyone back then because there wasn't <laughs> mail email. stuff out Yeah, or they would something. mail it and be like, by the way. By the way, it's just, it's just going to appear. Yeah. Well, where in the country were you living at the time? Well, I'm from Houston, Texas. Okay. And well, I will say with that, 
the really the rarest like of Pokemon were the Showtime families <laughs> yeah, because no, I remember totally I had true. friends who had Showtime and they in eighth grade were watching Queer as Folk, which I was oh. like, oh my God. And then I had to wait for Netflix to become a thing when they yeah. were, and I mean DVD Netflix yeah. Yeah. so yeah. I could get Queer as Folk DVDs. But Sex in the City, I was like on it. That is like another level back then for Queer as Folk because I feel like that show had, it was popular, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, the culturally like sex in the city was queerest folk was like even more niche back then. Mm-hmm. And the way we are with TV now, you know, there's so many different types of shows, but yeah. back then I feel like if you were an eighth grader watching queerest folk, you were like in a subculture, <laughs> definitely being just like really experiencing a whole other thing. Yeah. Media but, was very different back then. But even with sex in the city, like sex in the city was different back then. True. Obviously it was a phenomenon, but now it's like, an institution yeah. in yeah. an industry. Yeah. And it's like, um, I don't know. They're all st- like, so we've talked about it. This is her. Jessica Parker's really smart about being like encouraging that yeah. rather than being like, Oh, that she's like, she's so smart. she just had her like wine, her wine, like released it the other day. And it's like, she puts it on Instagram. All the people are lining up and you're like, all of this is because of sex in the city. She's a great actress before and after, but no one's buying her wine because she was great in, uh, you know, the witch movie with Bette Midler. She's so, you know, she's, she's so savvy. She's so savvy. It's a hocus pocus. Hocus pocus. I think that's, that's hocus pocus. Yeah. God, her nineties movies were so good. so good. First Wives Club, Ed Wood, Hocus Pocus. Yeah. I forgot about Ed Wood. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. So it's special. It's also, it's, they talked about this, um, with the Sopranos too, that, uh, there was in one of their, um, contracts was like they could never be a snitch they could never be a rat mm. and the person that it was Polly walnut's character but he was like that's what people will see you as <laughs> and i'm like that is true that it's like you feel like you know sarah jessica parker when you see her because it's different than a movie it's like you live with this person for so many hours mm. that that's like that's why then you're like oh you're not just I don't know. It's not just like a great movie I saw. It's like, I grew up with you. Yeah. Yeah. She's indelible. I was thinking about, does anyone watch the deuce? I watched the first season of the deuce. I haven't, I haven't gone past the first season yet. I just, I I got addicted. It completely consumed me. And I just finished season two and the character of CC, who's like the villainous pimp on the show. He's like so handsome and I'm sure he's such a nice person and he seems like he's so magnetic, yeah. but I don't know if I ever met him, I think I'd be chilled to the bone because yeah. his character is, mm. he, he is that character to yeah. me. It's hard. Yeah. And Sarah Jessica is like, she's so smart though. I mean, she did what Carrie Fisher did because Carrie Fisher recognized early on, like Star Wars, she would say like Princess yeah. Leia is going to outlive me. Yeah. Mm. So she wrote it. While having her fabulous career, but she would always be like, yeah, they want me at a convention. Sure. Cause yeah. she knew there was more to gain. Mm. Yeah. The- well, like what is the people who, who are the opposite of that? The opposite of Sarah Jessica Parker and Carrie Fisher. What's their justification? Like what, what is the person who wants to distance themselves completely from their character? If they had a good time on the show or the movie, I never understood why. Well, you'd agree I, to do something. You'd make this great project, this wonderful art, and then you would spend the rest of your life resisting it. Yeah, well, I mean, I bet some some of it's probably just a personality thing. Like some people like taking pictures with people, and some people are probably like, "Oh, like I didn't get into this to be bothered every time I'm having dinner." Yeah, but I don't know. Like, I think some of it it's that, and I think it could be ego thing mm-hmm. where it's like. I'm bigger than this one thing mm-hmm. and I don't want to be pigeonholed or something like yeah. that as opposed to playing along with it. I think one person who did that, that I think it kind of worked out was the guy on girls who played Marnie's boyfriend, Christopher Abbott, Christopher Abbott. And he left after, I don't know, season two or maybe season one. Season two. And I remember I was working with someone. I thought that guy was Jon Snow for like five years. Well, the, he does. <laughs> he kind of looks like him and he also kind of looks like Oscar Isaacs a little bit. Yeah. But he ended up being in Most Violent Year and then he was in, like he really kind of made a turn into indie film acting and he's a really good actor. And then they brought him back later in Girls. He was a heroin right. addict. He was right? a heroin addict. Yeah. Right. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I feel like that was one where it was like, Oh, I think this guy just wants to make a turn into something else. And I think it kind of worked out. I don't know. I really, you know, someone, uh, so Buffy was my, Buffy was every, like Buffy was Mm -hmm. all consuming Mm -hmm. Uh for a long time. And 
Sarah Michelle Gellar is someone I really struggle with because I do understand why she was like, I'm out because she probably didn't want to get sucked into like Elvira world. Mm. And she had such like Sarah Jessica Parker. She had such a rich film career in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Now she's kind of come back around and like giving into the Buffy fans because her yeah. career, I don't know. And, well, and I, I wonder what the right choice is. Fan, you know? fan culture. Now there's, it's less embarrassing than it used to be. But you know maybe I mean? more toxic, but more. <laughs> yeah. So at a girl who's going to be on our podcast in the future, she, um, I met her in Edinburgh and she's a super, um, super big, like video game star. And she said that she does these, uh, conventions all the time. And one time Wallace Shawn, mm. um, came to, was at the convention? Cause they just like asked him to be there. Um, <laughs> for those of you that don't know that he's from the princess bride, he plays Clueless. the T-Rex. Clueless. Yeah. Teacher in Clueless. One Inconceivable. Word. There we go. That's it. That's <laughs> and, um, but she said that uh, it was the funniest line of show. She said uh, that Wallace Shawn was like backstage with all of the celebrities ready to go in their line to sign autographs. And he's like, when I first came here, I thought there was a sadness to this entire thing. But I think there's a lot of joy here as well. And I'm like, that is that is conventional, like co- Comic-Con yeah. type culture in general that it's like, it's like kind of sad, but it's like, oh, it's kind of beautiful too, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's a delicate thread to weave, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's people be it's it's people being really honest with the thing they love the most and fully putting it out there. And yeah. I think that that is the happy part. And I think so. Yeah. But Sex in the City is dangerous. I can see it being dangerous because I bet people approach those actresses and they're like, I'm you. Yeah. Because they're yeah. like, I'm 100%. I'm the Samantha in my friend yeah, group yeah, yeah, in yeah. Wichita. And it's right. like, no, you're not. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, you're not Kim Cattrall either. Yeah. So I can understand why, because Sex in the City is so like life-defining for yeah. so many people. Right. Yeah. I also wonder if... Like uh, the most one dimensional character of the three is, um, is Kim Cattrall is Samantha of just being like, mm. I love sex. And I wonder, I mean, maybe we could argue this. I, That's what it seems I, would, like to me. I would argue that with you, but All it's right. for a different, at least different she's time. the least dynamic dynamic. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Like she doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. She's the most consistent. Like she's the most, uh, she, her arc is flatter because she's like, in some ways already fully realized, but yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I wonder if you, if you saw any of those four people at a restaurant, you know, Samantha's Kim Cattrall is getting the most like, I love sucking dick yeah. too. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. could you just take our order, please? <laughs> exactly. Stop saying that. But I wonder, it's interesting that she's the most distanced from the series. Mm. And I just wonder what, um, I wonder what, uh, I don't know. She doesn't talk about sex in the city ever, but right. it'd be great to hear like, what is your experience? Like, why, why is that the case for you? Is it that it was annoying after or? Well, mm-hmm. anytime she and SJP have their drama and then the third Ooh. movie drama, the ants, the, the tea she always gives, it's so bizarre and inscrutable. And it usually just comes down to like, I'm tired of working. And it's like, yeah. all right, Kim. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we're doing uh, season four, episode 12. Just say yes. Are you familiar with this uh, episode? I think so. Oh, (laughs) my goodness. And so just a quick recap of what what just happened. We haven't recorded in a few weeks. Yeah. uh, Uh, vacations. Uh, Miranda just decided to keep her baby with Steve. Yep. That it's not her world. baby. It's their baby. Their with, baby. With, with Charlotte as well. You was, we're having Charlotte. a baby. Oh, right. Charlotte said it was theirs. We're, we're having a baby. That was yeah. the last thing that we saw. Yeah. Uh, Aiden's still here. Aiden's still here. Uh, and, uh, yeah. I think that's, that's, yeah, spoiler. that's it. Spoiler, yeah. Aiden's still here. Spoiler, uh, Aiden's and then, uh, oh, yeah. And then Lucy Liu was in the last <gasps> yeah, one. Yeah. There was a Lucy Liu Birkin I don't think she's going to be back, though. I don't think she, I think she stormed Damn. out yeah. and took the bag with her. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we're going to watch the episode. We'll be back. Bye. Right. Bye. See you. Episode 60. Just say yes. Aiden proposes to Carrie. Charlotte discusses adoption with Trey, but hits a wall when Bunny finds out that the baby could be Chinese. Miranda tells Steve she's having his baby. Samantha starts sleeping with her boss, Richard Wright. And now, back to the boys. And we're back. What's it called? Just say yes. Just say yes. I will say yes to say that yes. episode. Say Absolutely. yes to the eps. That, that was, was, quite, that was a, a great episode. That was great. quite the episode. So wait, you, you remember that one. You have. I just before. knew when I heard Just Say Yes, I was like, we're late in season four. We're definitely going to be in like 
the Aiden wedding saga, man, which oh, is ve- peak, very good sex in the city. Oof. Man, when he brought out that that uh, that other ring, didn't Dude, see it coming. I uh, honestly thought because Aiden Aiden can be such a jerk. I one hundred percent thought when he said, "Hold this." He had put poop. In yes, her hand? I thought yeah. he put. I thought he put a big load of Pete's poop in her hand. It was like a weird joke. Yeah, he's such poop. a weirdo. <laughs> you know that. Uh, you knew that one was going to be good at the beginning. It was like starring David Eigenberg, John Corbett, Chris Noth, Chris Noth, who's yeah. Bunny, Tom Bunny, Bunny, Bunny. But yeah, you're just like hits. you're like oh you're like yeah. this is going to be like it's going to have everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Great. Yeah, they're not the cast. Samantha. I mean, Samantha's an element, but then like she. Had oh, a and then Richard and Bunny and yeah, yeah. everybody. Well, so, John, you the, want to give so us a recap guess, real quick? Um, the the three line three episode was how do you know when it's right in terms of relationships? Um, Charlotte and Trey are of course still struggling about conceiving. Um, they're they are reproductively challenged. Mm-hmm. Charlotte mm-hmm. Uh, wants to uh, adopt a Mandarin baby. Bunny is not really all about that, and they have some issues arise from that. Um, Miranda tells Steve that she's pregnant, and they're trying to figure out uh, what's right for Steve's involvement with the baby. Samantha and her boss, Richard Wright, uh, are starting a relationship. And uh, lastly, Carrie is contemplating whether or not she wants to marry um, Aiden. Um, And uh, she, of course, runs that question by all the ladies and Mr. Big in the back of his uh, back of his car. So lots to unpack in this episode. Where should we start? Listen, I've been complaining all summer about this, but anytime something has happened, basically, which like I understand that in the summer, New Yorkers are always out of town going to weddings, but Mm -hmm. I feel really betrayed by my gay brethren because they've started going to straight people's weddings. And I'm like, okay, great. I'll go to a sex party alone this weekend. (laughs) Meanwhile, gays are like schlepping to Connecticut. So Samantha in this episode, really, I I felt to say that Kim Cattrall and Samantha are gay icons is so redundant at this point, but especially in this episode in late, in late September, I feel really vindicated. <laughs> Galvanized, even. Um, yeah, I mean, where where do you want to start? Where should we start? What storyline? Let's pick line? a storyline and just dump. I start with Charlotte. All right, Charlotte. Yeah, and great, great okay, one. I'll I'll say this. Kristen Davis is a is a very good actress. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but a lot of times her character's kind of cutesy, and I love her. I yeah. love Charlotte. I love Kristen Davis. But like a lot of her lines are kind of like she plays the cutesy role really well. Mm-hmm. She fucking tore the meat Crushed off the it. bones yeah. in that scene. She did great. Yeah. It was like heartbreaking. Both, both scenes. The scene where she gets really angry. Yeah, and then which was which was one that's like thrown at Charlotte, where she's like supposed to be like kind of crazy and angry, but that one, and then the sad scene, and the first scene when she's like, "I also signed us up for Amanda and Child." She reminded me of like movies about women in consumptive hospitals or sanatoriums back in like the 1900s because she's so manic and, she, and I'm like I would love to see her in like yeah. a white gown right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's really good in this episode and like really good. She plays really like with Bunny she's really good yeah. and Kyle McLaughlin is such a good comedic like scene partner Yeah, yeah. and yeah. dramatic too but he's yeah. so good for her to like get bigger and bigger off he, of. Was yeah. that the nastiest that we've seen Bunny? Bunny's kind of always been a thorn in her side but this was just Straight Ruth. Well, I mean, straight up, just saying, like, we don't want to, we don't want a Chinese person in our family. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. She was enjoy a Mandarin child. Yeah, she was like, I don't enjoy Mandarin food, and I don't enjoy Mandarin child. Yeah, and it would be carried on by a Scottish boy, not a Mandarin daughter. And then also, the the fling dance, where she was like. It seems like it seems like an awful lot of work for something that's just a fling. And she goes, "That's what I told Trey about oh, you yeah. one time. That so was ruthless. Good. So much shade. Yeah. I mean, also Bunny. Fun fact: the actress that played Bunny, eighty-nine years old and still kicking. Yeah. Wow. Eighty-nine years old right now. Right now. Oh right my now. gosh. Extremely good for her. Powerful. What's her name? What's her the actress's name? Uh, it is. Um, what's her name? It's uh, Francis uh, Francis Sternhagen. Do you guys think she's on cameo? We need to get a cameo from Bunny. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah. That'd be pretty um, solid. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Kristen Davis is really good, and that last scene is really devastating because Trey. It's when he's like, "I'm 43. When is this going to get easier?" It's yeah. like, "Fuck you." It's yeah. Not. It's Ugh. not. And and. 
then if for her to be like the response to that to be like we're doing this like the spirit of what she said is like i thought we were doing this together yeah i don't know it's like yeah it's really heartbreaking because she's i don't know like they're not right for each other and i know right. the end is coming soon we're just like figuring out when it's going to be yeah but it is really pretty heartbreaking how many times she's gotten excited about the relationship again yeah and he just keeps on being like He's just not into it. It yeah. was so sad too when he was like, I think I could be really happy with just us, mm -hmm. but I don't know if you can. But it was just basically a thing where he was just like, I'm good, but I feel like you want more, but I'm good to just keep doing this. Do you guys think it was sad. really a horrible thing for him to tell Bunny about the uh, adoption and their, their struggles with infertility? Uh, yes. You do? Yeah. Yeah. When I remember when I came out to my mom, she like, told the rest of my family without asking my consent. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, I guess that like expedited the process. So thank you. But also like, fuck you. Yeah. You want to be able to yeah. own your own, like what you're telling people. And he's such a little bitch. Like he's such yeah. a mama. And Kyle McLaughlin is such a good actor so because good. the way he calls her mother, it's so, he's so smart. He's so funny. Yeah. yeah. It has kind of a, um, it's like a super underplayed uh, psycho vibe, the way he says mother. Yes, what's absolutely. His, what's that oh, uh, Norman Bates. Yeah, yes. Norman Bates. Yeah, and it's just like, um, also, it's totally like, they have a history of being like, you're kind of close to your mom, but this was definitely like, I feel like one of the biggest steps across the line that's not just like, it's kind of a mama's boy. It's like, you're going behind the back to to give our most personal information to this person who's then going to shit on me at a yeah. party. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. and tell, and flip the narrative to be like, no, this is what you're going to do. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. ready to like run their lives. Yeah. I think I agree. I was going to like try to play devil's advocate to that one and see if there's like any merit to him telling bunny, but I, I don't know if I can, I could it just seems like if it a was pretty brutal thing to, to do. It's cause it doesn't seem like he's like, He's got, Scot he's got like Scottish boys that he can talk to like yeah. in, in, in the dance. You know, he's got, yeah, he's, got yeah. he's got a network of people that he can share inf information with. It doesn't have to be Bunny. Unless it was like, um, I can only see that if it was a mistake where it was like, oh, no, I told my mom because I thought that we were telling mm -hmm. our families, but it was not, it was clearly not that. It was him like going to Bunny again, just like behind the back. And I feel like the conversation is probably not like, I love her so much. Should we have kids or not? It's just like, she keeps on nagging me about wanting to have kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I bet there's just like uh, a little bit of like sass talk behind her back. That's makes me sad. He's so entitled. Yeah. yeah. Who do you think Trey, like we know that, you know, the end is coming. Who do you think Trey ends up with as a mm. person? Like what? It's not a Charlotte. Bunny. Yeah, bunny. <laughs> and bunny, yeah. That's true. No, okay. he's the um, gimp in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Like he needs. I I imagine him just being with like. I've, I don't know. I don't know if he doesn't just, want to be married. It he seems wants like. to be married. Yeah, I don't know if it's just maybe someone that's like happy to go to all his family stuff and will like never stand up to his. Dude, mom. Here, here's what we do: we make an online dating profile for a guy like Trey. We answer all the questions as if Trey were to answer, and then we see who he matches with. Algorithmically. Yeah. yeah see, that's true. see who the internet offers. So we do 43, up. and he's like pretty successful. Scottish. Scottish. We got to have a partner. Strong, tennis. Strong, yep. strong Scottish golf. heritage. Good clan. Yeah. 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 The tennis Loves and golf. golf. <laughs> Doctor. Look, he doesn't even. Big, seem, big seems to be enjoying playing the field and being like, I'm out and about. Ugh, like, I'm fucking. Okay. But I, I don't even imagine Kyle McLaughlin like hooking up with people. No. Uh, he's no. so repressed. He is like Norman Bates. Yeah. yeah. He's got jokes. Yeah. What? I mean, why do you need He's got jokes. He's got like an entire. Just one. He's got like 97 through 2005 yeah. stack of jugs in his closet. And he just runs to the mailbox and he's like, looks through it. And every time he's there, he's like, yes! How jugs. great would that be to see in the background of one of the shots? Just him running down, <laughs> ripping it open. To the, the doorman. That that goes in the it's dating the 16th. <laughs> it's the 16th. Is it is the jugs here? <laughs> Um, love jokes. All right, let's move on. Can to, we talk about big? Can we yeah, talk about of course. Yeah, yeah. Let's, that's the that's the uh, let's talk about the big Chris part of Chris dyes his eyebrows black, and <laughs> it. I just nothing. It, it drives me. It, it makes me crazy in the show and in the movie. It makes my skin crawl. Wait, do you think he actually did back then? Like it's in that shot. If his eyebrows are that color, mm -hmm. then I am the creature from the Black Lagoon. Okay? <laughs> I need to look. He up looks his eyebrows. outrageous. He. I will say his. 
his jokes and his like sense of humor as big is so bad. And the fact that Carrie loves it shows that she, they, they are so gross together. Like when he's like, yeah, that's what me and Ra- that's Raul. That's his, that's Look. his, Oh, dude, you're right. His, got, lips, his are so lips are red. so red. Yeah, he too. looks like Jack Nicholson in Batman. He, he does. So, <laughs> he looks like, do you know who Laurie Anderson is, the performance yes, artist? There's, very, a, there's a picture of Laurie Anderson where she looks so much like very that. that. This is yeah. such a bad picture of him that I took that's not flattering, but he definitely he looks like. It's work. not well, what, it's not normal. It's so interesting this episode because I think, I think the first scene with Aiden, we were all kind of like, he is so incredibly cheesy in the way he acts and talks to Carrie. And then when she was with Big, even for that little bit, you're like, oh, maybe she's just attracted to the cheese because he was just equally as like. You're right. Because like when character Aiden is like, give me a little something. Give me a little yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. He, like, oh, I, I, we need to go back and watch watch when he first came on scene because he, he oh my <laughs> it's God. Laurie Anderson. Laurie Anderson. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, that he definitely, Aiden seems to be more and more plain a caricature of himself. Yeah, he does. And like, cause I was logging, I was like, how many times And the, the scene at the end was good. And it was some good acting at the dinner scene, but I was like, almost every line they're giving him, he's like, he's doing the thing he used to do once. It's just like, okay, sugar. Yeah. And now every time it's like, I don't know. We'll get it. It's like, yeah. I, like how it, did that happen? Do you think that they had him only written for a couple episodes? Cause I mean, he was like, I don't know if wood, I'm he making, was like the woodworker and he was like this rugged guy. And then I think John Corbett is inherently cheesy. And if we look at John Corbett's career as like, a Christian actor or whatever. He always plays these like bland milk toast. Is he a roles. Christian actor? He has been doing some, he's, he, he was in Jennifer Garner world about two years ago. And I think he's fully crossed over. Wait, What's Jennifer Garner world? Like family friendly, vaguely Christian. Like, oh, okay. Like, I got you. About not, like not a miracle happening to a family. Yeah. 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 He's gone into like full, like God giving miracles hmm. to families. He definitely he has a, he has yeah. a white Jesus vibe for sure. Yeah, he definitely like could be in the TV version of of like the Gospel of Matthew. He's a Hallmark Channel actor. Yeah, totally. So I think like we don't know how much of this is Aiden and how much of this is John Corbett. Yeah, was he? Was he he's in Northern Exposure, right? Was oh, he in that? Exposure? I don't know. I'm because I, sure. I think he was, young. and I don't. But that was a long. That was pre Sex in the City. I'd yeah, love to so see him in that. But that makes sense about being a Hallmark. Thing. Like I could see him like with a kid being like, "Hey, Junior, sit out, buddy." I know exactly. Like, there's like a dog. Yeah. yeah. So basically, every time he's with Steve on camera. <laughs> oh God. Hey, buddy, pass me the ball. Hey, buddy. Also, pass me the ball. Sit also, out, Steve. Steve. I loved all of them, but I was like, even Steve had his shit ratcheted up today. He said when he was talking to Miranda, he's like. I was like, I know his Steve voice has always been oh, there, but dude. he was like, he was like, she, he said Shex, Shex, like instead of sex. And he was like, you haven't had Shex with anybody? And she's like, what do you mean? He's like, Shex? I was yeah. like, what the fuck is Shex? When he like, comes to her door too, she's like, who's there? And he's like, it's me. <laughs> it's me. That yeah, was a was, great comic. Little, That was a, a perfect comic scene. The incredible. engagement, oh, the him really asking. Good. Then they fight, and he's like, ah, I don't want to anyway, and like leaves. No, like it was so good. It's a secondhand ring. Yeah. And then yeah. he was just like, yeah, well, I can't afford a ring and a baby, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. You know what it is. Bye. I want to marry you anyway. <laughs> I can go so, watch the Knicks and work on my ball handling drills. He's, yeah. What's Big up to? Like, what's, uh, why, I, why do they draw? Why? I, I do, I do think, like you said, Big is on the prowl. Like, I think Big is always thinking about Carrie, but I also think that a cocktail waitress just got out of that car, and then like two <laughs> two like 26 year old girls that were in the city like visiting also were in there i think big is just like on the prowl kind of half drunk most of the day he's filling filling the void Him you think, and Raul, you think, he, let, you think he lets raul watch or does he make the window go up i think he i think he makes the window go up unless he's like hey you girls uh you want Raul to watch and then he leaves it down like for their their sake but i don't think he i think he's all business with raul I think it's all with with him and Raul. It's like it's it's a one way street. Dude, Ra- Raul is a graphic novel called Big and Raul. Just the adventures of Big and Raul. I think Raul is probably a great employee. Yeah, I, yeah. Raul puts up with so much crap all the time. Oh, and abuse. Well, okay, wait. Yeah, can we just talk abuse. with Aiden for a minute about Aiden's clothing? Because yeah, in that dinner scene, he's wearing this like white textured. Oh. 
like woven shirt with puffy sleeves that come out of his the yeah. whole thing. It was like, oh, I didn't what's even notice going it. on? We were talking with our last, I think it was our last guest, Tiff Stevenson. Uh-huh. And she was talking about like Aiden's like plethora of turquoise jewelry and pattern shirts and just all. Paisley. Yeah. So much. How bizarre. And the yeah. collars. Yeah. The, yeah. The, um, you know, like the barbed wire and like kind of like tribal tribal tattoos not tribal tattoos but like when those tribal tattoos type things are on shirts yeah there's that whole like affliction shirts yeah but those those on like black button downs this is oh yeah yeah, yeah. but like there's that whole era of of guy fury where guy fury Fury, like pre flames pre flames yeah (laughs) Yeah. but it's like it's that that and then the shirt that uh it's a there's a Kirby enthusiasm episode about it but it's just like the boxy like black and white bowling shirt yeah mm-hmm. there's just mm-hmm. there's it's so weird to watch the women's fashion hold up or not hold up but yeah. still be interesting and then the men's fashion just be like man like really it just like yeah men's what's fashion great about just season is four is the women's fashion is excellent in season four because we're like out of the swamp of the 90s more or less mm-hmm. yeah so by season four like and they're getting good designers yeah. so i thought every every look in the in this episode was excellent yeah samantha carrie's rainbow dress at the beginning yeah yeah, samantha, yeah. the the pink dress that richard wright rips is yes. like samantha has a lot of good like power suit oh, yeah, yeah. things that really really work on her yes and bangs and her earrings in the last yeah the big gorgeous yeah. also she had that one like giant mm. gaudy ring that was like it was almost like a pinky ring and it was like a huge yeah which gold is with like a huge to them yeah yeah engaged, yeah totally love, yeah, yeah yeah that's great yeah there's um yeah, I feel like that has gotten better. Steve's fashion is the same. Steve is like, <laughs> Steve is at Models all the time shopping for clothes. Gotta go to Moe's. <laughs> um, yeah, Steve Steve could use a tailor. Yeah. Um, it's can't, fine. Can't afford one, but. He's Steve. He's yeah. just, you know. He's maybe behind the bar, man. Like, oh, maybe I'll sell the bar. <laughs> it just, yeah, just any. Uh, a good reminder this show's a good reminder that's like don't go too outside the box with your fashion if you're a guy you keep it classic <laughs> i'm trying to it's think not gonna go well. i don't know but sex in the city's uh, i uh, clearly sex in the city's idea of classic masculinity is so bizarre a world because you have Chris Noth with dyed black eyebrows and like mm-hmm. a cigar hanging out the back of his yeah. limo. And then you have Aiden in like a wife beater. Yeah, why? Yeah, like, Ay, the, the whole thing. Yeah, the it's concerning. Be- yeah, the Aiden wife beater thing was, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if we've really seen so it. So, what we're saying is Trey McDougal is the best fashion sense out of all the guys. Uh, in this episode, yeah, for gorgeous sure. hair kind of gorgeous. Yeah, yeah we've landed on. Um, yeah, Aiden, uh, let's talk. Well, should we come back? You want to talk about the engagement? Sure, I'd love to. Yeah, let's get in there. Like, let's. You want to follow the trajectory of how it all happened? So it starts with, it starts with the Carrie being insanely nosy. Well, it starts with Carrie's building going co-op. Yeah, and then and she's like, you know, it's such a New York thing, which like I've never been in the position where my building's gone co-op, and I'm like, I gotta move. Yeah, I had one eviction, but it was because like they sold my building. Yeah, and it was. It made sense, but like it's never been like, oh no, what's going? Maybe no. that was something that happened. That might that could have been in the early two thousands, but I don't even know anyone that that's really happened. Major too. major gripe with the episode was they set up a lot of New York real estate talk at the beginning. They didn't follow through didn't on follow any through. of it. I was like, I would have loved to get into the weeds. Yeah, that with you guys. more this season. <laughs> okay, good. Because <laughs> that was clearly a device just to get us to relationships. Yeah. We there will be. be more. Okay, let's read a lease on screen. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, the then she finds the ring. Well, before the ring, he starts the let's let me buy your apartment or let's yeah. move in together. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, it yeah. starts that, and that's already where she's like, I don't know where this is leading. And then she finds the ring. Did she have lunch with them before she found the no, ring? No, she finds the ring. She then finds we it after that conversation, lunch, and she throws like, up. This, yeah, oh, she throws Which up. Which I do want to bring then, up. I'm a stickler for TV and movie puke. Yes, it never looks real, and that one was not bad. That was mm. bad. That was. I mean, it's rare that I have ever in my life thrown up in my mouth and held it for a long time and made it somewhere. Okay. Usually, there's a projectile, but like she. That was a decent movie puke. I want to see you on like a VH1 style show where they have like experts like, yeah. And you are like a talking head who's like, as an expert on TV and movie puke, (laughs) I want to just just like, let's go through the classics right now. I mean, first of all, you got the exorcist little over the top, but set the standard. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, the, that one was the carry one was good. It's rare you get a good movie puke. I think Basketball Diaries and, might have a good one. Anytime, anytime I puke, the first thing I think is I'm just like the bile is eating at my teeth. You got to brush your teeth as soon as possible. <laughs> it's uh, like I'm so obsessed with that because I heard that people that are bulimic, their teeth their get teeth messed down. up. And the second that happened, I was like, heard that, I was like, oh shit. Have yeah. you ever been brushing your teeth and like throwing up through your toothbrush because you're so paranoid <laughs> about it? <laughs> I have brushed my tongue too far back and then I gagged and oh. then I threw up. Oh, that no. Happened one I always try to Dude, gag. Circle when I brush life, my man. <laughs> circle. I circle. Brushing so I don't. Brushing because I puked, making myself puke. <laughs> where does it end? It's, it's like the snake crazy. eating its tail. Yeah, yeah. It's, where that does it end? <laughs> All right, so she pukes. She, she pukes. goes. Then it cuts to the chat to you at lunch. Kristen Davis going, You're engaged. Yes, yeah. exactly. Which is amazing. Yeah. 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 And Sam, again, being the hero of, of the episode. Yeah. Okay, this is bullshit. Yeah. And it's like bullshit, but she was still fucking good friends. She was like, it's bullshit, but if you're going to do this, I hooked it up. Yeah. I got yeah. I Yeah, you know. at the end. Yeah. Um, But no. Well, oh, but the, the gripe was that she didn't like the ring. That was one of the big things, too. When the ring first showed up, what was your initial reaction to it? You already know it's the awful. show, but no, you think it's awful. Because I don't think the, what is it, well, pear-shaped or raindrop? Yeah. It's pear-shaped. It's, uh, yeah. Pear-shaped with a gold band. Um, I didn't think the shape of the diamond was horrible. I thought that the band is not just a circle. Like the band kind of has like some judge to it. Yeah. yeah. And that, that to me was the, I oh, see. I actually, I, I missed seeing the actual ring. Did Katie like the ring you got her? We picked it out together. Okay. Great. Like okay. You, you should. Uh, that's why I have thoughts about this whole proposal thing. Okay. I think proposing, and this is just my thoughts. People might disagree. I think proposing to someone should be the easiest question you ask. I yeah. think you should be so much on the same page about what the ring is because it's a massive purchase and the state of your relationship that there should be no surprises if you ask someone to marry yeah, yeah. them. Like, I, don't, I, I have a hard time understanding people who get engaged and the person says no. Well, sometimes it doesn't exactly go down how you I know, I'm sorry. You, John. I, I know, I, but, <laughs> but it's just like, uh, why don't you just have a conversation about it? And that's what Big said. He's like, have you talked about it? Have you had this conversation? And it's like, uh, I don't know. That's when I got engaged, I talked, I talked to her friends and she yeah. liked the ring. Yeah. But when you she got didn't it, like but me, but she liked the ring. But she still <laughs> like, said yes. She said yes. Yeah, and like, did you think she would say no? No, I was pretty sure. Yeah, and that's yeah. What the, the people who are like, I don't know, I'm not sure what they're gonna say. Yeah, that like that is confusing to me. We actually texted this week for the first time in like a year. Well, because of your story. Yeah, you which can, which you can tell if, if you any, want. I will because it was uh, so. I opened up Hinge the other day. I'm on the apps. Opened up Hinge. And you know how they personally, have you been on Hinge ever? Yes. Okay. They you know how like they your give you your own personal matches? They're like, they give you like compatibility a, rating. A, a, they're like, we think you and this person would be super compatible. So I opened it up and it said most compatible, Kevin, Rachel and Kevin, we think you two should meet. And that's a girl I was engaged to and Ooh. together for four years. So I texted her. I haven't texted her in a while. Did you text the marriage counselor that, uh, what was his name? Dr. Dr. J. Did you text Dr. J? I, have, I haven't talked to Dr. Like, J. Hey, Dr. J, your instincts were on. It didn't work out. <laughs> you nailed you, it. You. So I texted her and I was just like, uh, I was like, um, cause yeah. And then we, we chatted back and forth. It was a nice little thing. I was like, text her. I just said too good. And she's like hilarious. And I was like, can I post this? And she said, permission granted. Then we had a nice little text. And one of the things she sent, she said, she was like, do you remember how many times I resized our resized the ring? Cause she resized it so many times. We went, I think six times wow. in like two months. Wasn't right. Uh, yeah. No, there's like some major watching this. I was like, oh yeah. There's like metaphor. I here. think you know, the show's really good at it, and Sarah Jessica Parker's really good at it. At like the, I think it's a great characterization to have the character always have these somatic responses. Like I just think it's that's true. Yeah, it would it could be badly done, but what's, Sarah Jessica Parker's really good. A, a bodily response. Well, yeah. it, it, a, oh, a mental body response. Yes, yeah, 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 where yeah, your body's yeah, when doing she something from your brain. I thought when she threw up, I was like, that's over the top. But then when she's like, I threw up. Yeah, like since it's. It, and also, and also having Miranda also throwing up, like yeah, really yeah. in, made it feel yep. a little more. Totally. Yeah, I think. Better. I mean, Games. I obviously I know what happens, so I know they don't uh, like this. Right here is enough for her to know, for me to know that they're not going to be together as Sears as a whole. It was she's just too. She's never fully in with him. 
Yeah. She's what, never relaxed. That the only reason she wants to, that she said yes is because the ring's different. Yeah. And maybe she's thinking to herself like, oh, he actually does know me and didn't give me the pear-shaped ring. But it seems like she's more excited about the ring than she is about him. When which, she got the ring at the end, yeah, it seemed like she was like, oh, good. I. It's like her fashion sense came out where she's like, and he did say I changed it because I knew it wasn't you, which I feel like in a weird materialistic way made her like feel known. Yeah. She's like, oh, he yeah. gets me. You well, know? there is a, I know she's a character, so she's written this way, but she does, she does read a lot into like kind of symbols and narratives in sure. life, like without just like, it's like, oh, this means therefore maybe mm -hmm. we are meant to be together rather than like, yeah, it's just a, like, I don't know. Some no. people read into stuff like that and it I can get, be good. When for them. I get when someone gives me a bad gift though, I get I like I shut down because there it is this sense of like, you really thought I would like that. Yeah. Yeah. So but you're right. It's for her, it's still more about like the gesture than the actual idea of like you are marrying this mm -hmm. person no, forever. That's that's totally what it is. And I get like we've talked about this, but I will like read into things of like, oh shoot, maybe that means and I think that she does that, but is she's clearly blind at the beginning or she clearly knows at the beginning of the episode and then she goes through and at the end she it's sad because at the end she is talking herself into it not realizing yeah it. she says like maybe there is no perfect guy and maybe there is like maybe there is no perfect words you just have to like go with what your heart says that and would be says, yes. and that would be true if it weren't in the context of all the what we just saw it completely because it's like you could read that and be like oh that's true there probably isn't a perfect guy and there probably yeah. isn't a, but it's like yeah, but that's not the whole truth. Like, See, her, that, that, sorry, I interrupted. You know when you're having a, the most perfect hang with a friend, or like, or yeah, like you every, and Katie. Yeah, when every it's time like, we record this podcast, the <laughs> most perfect hang with friends. That's what it is. Um, but when you're around people that do know, you, like, that would get yeah. you the gift, you're like, ah, that's why we're right. we're best friends. Right. Yeah, and like, there's just no, there's no, uh, whatever. There's no substitution for that. And you can just feel that they never have that. Yeah. I do think this show, this, this moment to me is very original because, you know, on Mad Men, when Don proposes to Megan and you're just like, oh no. And then on Girls, when Jessica gets married and when Marty oh. gets married, you know, as soon as they get engaged, you're like, this oh. is not going to be good. Oh. But I think yeah. Sex in the City was kind of the first to do that because usually on TV, a, a wedding is like... Oh my God, it's going to happen. Mm, right. And then of course there's always drama and it doesn't, but you're, st you still, a part of you believes it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And on sex in the city with Aiden, you know, the minute this starts, you're just like, uh, uh, well, there was a, they thing drag you through it the whole episode. Yeah. It's really like it's, how it's interesting. How much is he going to shit the bed and how awkward is it going to be when, right. So, so they're kind of like, we're going to go through what, it, what a doomed relationship looks like. Yeah. Which is like, Damn. Yeah, yeah, I know. I wondered. I wondered when this aired, what people thought afterward. Where they were like, "Oh no!" Right. Or if they were like, "Are they really gonna do this?" Right. But then people root for him, I guess. Well, that, yeah. that's the thing. Like the when you meet real, real Aiden people, and they're out there. A lot of them are listening. But <laughs> it's funny. I just don't. I don't see. I could see liking Aiden more than liking Aiden and care. Like people that think that they should end up together. That are like, I can't believe that. I'm like, right. What do they see in their relationship? Maybe over the next few seasons, it's different. But, but it's another. Well, that's because they're stuck on again this bizarro world version of masculinity. Mm -hmm. And if it's between him and not and Chris Noth of your like choices, if that's like <laughs> the choice, mm, I guess yeah. to some Aiden's more appealing. But they're both so repulsive in that way. That's mm -hmm. true. Yeah, there's that's not, really interesting. Yeah, that is because I'm trying to think of a good version of a guy i mean in all honesty and i'm not saying this just because we're fans but i'm like steve is kind of mm -hmm. it it just in him being like i'm trying to do the right thing okay fine i'm being honest i don't want to anyway but he also is he's kinda, like in it to win it he's yeah. in it to win it he's trying his best right and it's not that he is you know the best looking or anything like no, that but isn't, he's, it, fine. He's, isn't it funny he's how much he's trying how much elizabeth cook hated steve isn't, yeah oh my gosh she hated so him but elizabeth elizabeth cook didn't is, she say she, she loved big she loved she's big like, and yeah. she like unabashedly she was like yeah i love big I and I, she was like yeah. i like i like that jerk dude 
dude. That's, yeah. so, that's so interesting about a lot of the men in this show is people have a really polarizing opinions of them. Like, yeah. You're either a big person or you're an Aiden person. Oh, wait until you get to season six. Who's yeah. your, who, uh, if you could name one or two of the guys <laughs> from the show that you just love. And spoilers are off the table for yeah. us. We haven't yeah. seen the whole show, but like we're fine with learning. I that. have a very controversial take Ooh. on who I love. Cannot wait. But I think if spoilers are an issue. No, they're not. Okay. They're not. Tur Bernie Turtle Tower is off the table. We all, we all love him. I don't consider the finale to be fully canon for a few reasons. The finale the, of the, the series. Okay. Not, the, not the movies. I, and I am quite pleased with the first movie. Mm -hmm. But the series finale has some issues where, that caused me to uh, castigate it from the canon. Okay. Mm. Because of that, my vote is... Petrovsky. I love him. I uh, think we've he's heard absolutely fantastic until the non-canonical finale. Mm. So that's that's my vote. Interesting. And Smith Jared. Like, yeah. Yeah. We've heard we've of both him, of these right? people. No, we, we haven't we, 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 we haven't met either of them. I think Smith, Smith is Jared's. Samantha. Yes. Oh, there's and someone Petrovsky who's, is, okay. is the, the Russian dancer. Yeah. Yeah. Brushnikov. Brushnikov. Yes. Big. I'm really excited to meet both of them. I We've heard a lot about them. Season six is great. Season six is triumphant. What about leading up? Did you have anyone that that any anyone dated up to season four that you remember that you really liked? And once again, besides Bernie Turtle, Thomas, no, because there's another guy in season six. No, there's two more guys in season six that I would go with. Actually, the fashion oh, wow. gets better, which the is Blair Underwood and David Duchovny. What? Duchovny? Whoa! Yeah, get ready. Got Mulder's coming to the yeah, show. Yeah, it's a hot. It's a hot <laughs> season. Until then. No, I no, no. Especially the first few seasons, the guys are not hot. I don't know what was going on, but they're like maybe because the show was so subversive that they couldn't imagine these sexual like these sexually free women being rewarded with hot men. Mm -hmm. So maybe like subconsciously they were punishing them with not sexy men until Kyle McLaughlin, who at least who is so sexless, but at least he's handsome. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. That is like in that one of the Hamptons episodes, like one of the doctor guys. Oh, right. Was, he was just like a, like a very normal looking dude. And they were all like, wow. But, but even like some of the guys very, they put Charlotte with, I'm like, he looks inbred. <laughs> <laughs> well, this guy, Richard does not, he, he looks, he, he looks like he's, uh, the hotel guy. Richard he's right? been road hard. Yeah. But he's sexy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he hard. once he to, uh, he what hard? He's, he's been, been road hard. Been road, <laughs> hard <laughs> road hard. Put away wet. <laughs> but uh, he is sexy. He does. It's once he talks that you're like, all right, I see why. Yeah, it like, works. Yeah. Um, I don't want to miss anything. What else do we have? One to more thing to say about Carrie yeah, yeah. and Aiden. Yeah. This is this episode is the exact not exact but almost similar plot to the Sarah Jessica Parker vehicle. The Family Stone, in which Sarah Jessica Parker says Such to Dermot Mulroney, no, I will not marry you, Everett, because she finds the ring. Mm, and wow. then she has Claire Danes try it on. Is is Dylan Maroney ever in the show? No, he's more in the Showtime family. No, he's on Enlightened. He is an HBO person. He would, he's he, never on. He'd be great for this. He'd be so great. You know, Dylan this Maroney, was... Right? I know. He okay. kind of... He's in My Best Friend's Wedding. He's kind of... Just hot. I feel I mean, like there's I've not much probably, going on. <laughs> I feel like I've probably seen him because I've seen my best friend's wedding before. It's probably been a while since I've seen him. Well, th there's a lot to be said. Uh, uh, yeah, he, he's oh, just yeah. hot. Yeah, yeah, he could have you know, looking good with the salt and pepper. Wait, oh, wait, yeah, see, no, wait, same, same, same color. Does not dye his eyebrows? Oh, Dermot, Dermot Mulroney. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, Dermot Mulroney. I think you were thinking of Dylan McDermott. Maybe so. Right. Uh, Dermot Mulroney is now in the Righteous Gemstones, the new HBO show. Okay. The Danny McBride show. So does have <laughs> an HBO There's category. literally a Hollywood Reporter article that says Dylan McDermott and Dermot Mulroney are acting together finally. Oh, God. <laughs> Dylan McDermott sure is... Sure, Ryan uh, Murphy's doing yeah, it. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The... Um, yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's a sexy dude. So I, I do like that Trey asked Charlotte... When does it get easy? Because I think Oof. I think oh. uh, these these like, conversations like stab at you when you watch them. They're, they do. They're, there's a lot but, of empathy going on with the characters. I think like relationships, if they're optimal, should be easy. They should be an easy thing. We they get it. Not, like, you have a good, healthy marriage. Shut up! Like you know easy. what I'm saying? Like there can be problems, yeah, and I, every relationship takes work, and there are hard things. But like 
Carrie's relationship with Aiden has not been easy for yeah. her. Charlotte's relationship with Trey has not been easy. And most relationships that are strong and healthy should have a level of easiness to them or parts of them should be like a breath of fresh air, not this constant burden. I agree. But in this case, I think he's in the wrong because she's like, I'm trying to make, she's trying to make like quantum leaps basically, which she shouldn't be making it. it, She should know, like it shouldn't be that hard, but she's like, at least not going down without a fight. I mm-hmm. agree with you, yeah. but I'm glad that he used that word because yeah. I think that word is really important. And it, it, it just reminded me of, of the struggle that Carrie was going through of like whether or not she wants to marry Aiden mm-hmm. when she's like in the bathroom, like with her heads down between her knees. It's like mm-hmm. a real struggle for her. And I think that's like a really important sign in a relationship that mm-hmm. something probably is not right because well, – uh, at least when people talk to me and they're like, ask me for any sort of relationship advice, I'm just like, is it easy? Is it the easiest mm-hmm. thing that you've ever done? Because if not, then it might be worth examining more. It's it's interesting because you and you and Katie do have things that it's like you observe that I'm like, oh, if that you guys are both just down to support each other. And it just, it looks easy from the outside, but you guys still have like stuff you go through. So it's just weird stuff you go through that other couples that might be difficult for. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, I think when you see couples where it is easy, if you're not in a relationship or if you've been in a bad one, you're just like, yeah, but how do you, how do you get that? Like they just, they were doing the best they could. Now they're married. But he's not really, it's not even not, about work. He's not even, he's he, not even giving anything. Yeah. 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 They're not compatible. He got and, if, it, and if he was, if he was, if he did truly love her and if he did, like really want to have a baby, like he said he did. It all the stuff, the hormone shots, the talk, the discussions, that would all be very easy for him. It would yeah. be something that would be exciting for him, not this like like difficult task. But he just night. wants a mother. He wants someone to do his laundry. And yeah. yeah. And start it. I do think that's true. He does want a mother. It is yeah. wild how from a writing standpoint, how reinvested we are in the scene because he essentially already said last season, like, I just probably shouldn't have got married. And now he's literally, we're like, Oh my gosh, this is a heartbreaking scene. And it's like, he's, he's already showed his cards. Like he just should, doesn't want to be married. Yeah. And now Charlotte's faith has to be tested. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Wait, what do you mean by that? Like Charlotte is in some ways, you know, Carrie's supposed to be the hopeless romantic, but Charlotte's like really doubles down. Yeah. yeah. And at this point she's pretty much like, she's cuckoo. I mean, you know, she's, she's like manic through most Mm, of the episode because she's like, if it's going down, she's going down with it. And that's so intrinsic to the character. It's like, she has to be an optimist, even if it kills her. And Mm -hmm. she's also on hormones the whole time in this episode too. Right. So So she's really jacked Really, really. But yeah, you're right. I think that they do an interesting thing where they crash and burn her her character archetype so much because they're like the one person that was like, I have to be married. They put her through all of this. Exactly. Yeah. They, I, um, the one, two punch, what is it like in therapy or in some book you would know that it's like, whenever you're like, <laughs> you would know, even no, therapy. I feel like we've talked about you're it. Always before, in you're always in therapy. You're in there. You can <laughs> afford therapy. therapy. You've been to 16. No, but, um, you know, when it's like, when you're angry, you're supposed to be like, whatever blow it is actually like hurt or whatever. Oh, I don't uh, know. No, no, no. I, just, I know what you're saying. I don't know what the term for that is. I don't know is, if it's a it's, term or whatever, but it's like yeah. when you're angry, it's actually not because you're angry. It's because you're like hurt about something. Yeah, yeah. And the one-two punch of her screaming at Trey at the party and then storming out and then like slowly the scene after away. like just her being really mm. yeah. open and honest and being hurt. I yeah. just thought it was It's great. your motivation of like what's actually happening and usually, I don't know. I wish I knew the term. I feel like I know what you're saying, but yeah, your anger is like... The yeah, the because I thought they were gonna have a blow up fight at when they got back. There's like, fuck you with Bunny and you're psycho and you're this, but it was like, it was really interesting how much they just toned it down and really just like we're completely honest with each other. Yeah, and I feel like the breakup has to be here soon because they really did. She's she just he wants to be left alone and she wants some juice. She wants some juice. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, I gotta get some juice. juice. Do you think think she's do you think that's what she calls red wine? Because I feel like <laughs> mama, mama needs some juice. She's, all, she's some already juice. a mom. She's already a young mother, right? No, there. Yeah. I think she's going straight prune juice. Yeah, yeah. Those hormones have been, you know, clogging her up a little bit. Oh. Um. Man. All right. Let's let's rate this episode. 
there's uh, a lot here. There's yeah. really, really a lot here. Wait, we we pretty much covered Miranda stuff. Miranda's story was a little. <laughs> it's, it was it was hormones and throwing up and morning sickness uh, and her and Steve's little blow up. But theirs was my favorite. I like, and of course the the classic comedic scene of her telling him yeah. that she's pregnant. Yeah, yeah. so good. Famous, famous scene. Yeah, yeah. so good and so great that. It, it's like he's such a childlike character, and so it's great that he's like, "What do we ice cream?" Like right, right in that moment, like right. a little baby. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. Also, who do you remember? I said that I thought the gelato guy. I was like, "Is that Greg Fitzsimmons, the comedian?" Guess what the gelato guy's actor's name actually is? Johnny Gelato. Gustavo Santamarina. Yes. Oh, yeah. gorgeous. Gustavo. Gustavo. Amadovar. Uh, Gustavo. <laughs> Amadovar. Um, all right. So, yeah. So what we do is we rate, we rate the episodes one to five Cosmos. Mm. Uh, you can use your entire knowledge of the series. Uh, we're going to use up to what we've seen now. The three of us will do it at the same time. Yeah, and you then can we'll, hold yours. You we'll can hold yours all at the same time. All right. Ready? Yep. Three, two, one. Five four point five. You said 4.5? I said 4.5. Yeah. Kevin, you can go first. You give it five. Wow. Perfect five. Perfect five. What one of the things that we talk about when we want when we talk about a good sex and city episode is a good balance between the four characters. Mm. This was like almost a pitch perfect balance of eight characters, maybe nine. We had Richard. We had uh, we had Kyle McLaughlin, we had Big, we had Aiden, we had Steve. We had like every single character, none of which seemed like a character, like they're all going through different things. And I just feel like there's a lot of heavy lifting. They did more in these like 28 minutes than they have in like eight episodes yeah. at a time. So I just thought like, uh, you know, it, maybe it wasn't as flashy as some of the other episodes mm -hmm. they've given five Cosmos too, but I was just like, there's a, a lot of stuff and they're setting up a lot of stuff, but, uh, uh, but yeah, five Cosmos. I just thought it was a perfect sex and city. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a perfect episode. I, my real rating would be like a 4.95. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great episode. Um, but I, th I think the Samantha storyline still like lacked a little bit for me. There needed to be a little bit of conflict there. However, one of my favorite things in the whole series is seeing Samantha being the the strongest friend to Carrie. Yeah. And that last scene of mm. her just like loving Carrie so much, like her always having Carrie's back with like picking out the ring that Carrie actually loved is one of my favorite things to see in Samantha. Mm. And so I, I probably should have given like 4.99. Great episode, just not perfect because I would have loved like a little bit more of Samantha's relationship with Richard. Yeah, I feel like uh, well, one of our commenters said something about me giving consistently lower things, and they 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 delved into my like psyche where they were like, "Is it because Corey's a perfectionist in life and is maybe looking for the highest things in his own relationships?" Ooh, they were like, deep cut. It, it was something where it was like, "He's so great, and yet he strives for perfection so much, and maybe he just can't relax enough to just see what's in front of him." Something to talk to your therapist about. I was like, I was like, "Hey, listen, man." Uh, Kevin outed me that I go to therapist and then one of our commenters ripped my life apart. I'm not, I'm not angry at you. I'm just hurt. I'm not, listen, here's, let me give you the one, two punch. Um, no, but I, I, I do think it was super solid. I am waiting for the day when I do go all out and give it a 5.0. And, uh, but I, I, I felt like I agree with the Samantha thing. I feel like the Richard thing, the, the nice thing about it is I think there's more to come with Richard and Sarah. Richard and Sarah, uh, Richard and uh, Kim Cattrall, Richard yes. Wright. That's what it is. And, um, and um, I think, uh, but that was still, I think that that was still a pretty like solid thing. I don't think that's just going to be a one-off fling, obviously. Yeah. Um, and it, it did achieve a million things happening and not too much going on. I love the ending with, uh, with Kim Cattrall and Carrie mm -hmm. where, She's like, well, you know, if you're going to ruin our lives, at least I get to look at a nice. Yeah, yeah. And then they get the two Cosmos, which rubies. they call them rubies. rubies. Is that a different cocktail? I don't know. But that was a that was a nice like fade out through the window. New York ending. It was super solid. I actually could have gone four point seven five. Yeah, but I didn't. Too. That's another sign they're not going to end up together is that this the episode didn't end on them getting engaged. It mm. ended on another scene. And it, but then it, but it actually ended on a great friend thing where it yeah, was yeah, it, yeah. because it's basically like you're going to see them come back together where it's mm. like, hey, I'm still here for you, even though yeah. it didn't work yeah. out. That's where we're at. What about you? 
Yeah, I think a 4.5. I think there's some moments that are that the it's just when you rewatch it, you're like, okay, here it is. Like mm-hmm. Miranda telling Steve at the ice cream, mm-hmm. um, Bunny versus uh, Charlotte at the spring oh, yeah. fling. Like as soon as I heard spring fling, I was like, okay, here we go. Yeah. So <laughs> that uh, Sam and Richard having sex on the plane. Uh, they're just kind of those like they're classic moments, yeah. and it it's an excellent episode. Yeah, amazing. Um, it's great. Well, David, where can people find out more about you online? Listen, follow me at Goldberg Han, like Goldie Han, but Goldberg Han. Right? <laughs> I have name. a podcast that comes out every Tuesday. The Luminaries, subscribe, etc. Great, awesome. Uh, thank you so much for doing. Thank this. you. Thank you. This was a treat. Awesome. All right, uh, guys, please rate, like, subscribe. Check us out on Instagram. Message us, ask us questions. And, uh, Leave us a voicemail. Leave us a voicemail and uh, and listen to uh, the Luminaries as well. Thank you. Bye. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye-bye. See ya. The Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cavan, John Sieber, and Kevin James Doyle. The show is produced by Jeremy L. Balin. For more information on the guys, check out their website at bradshawboys.com, on social media at the Bradshaw Boys. And if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening.